Would you like me to seduce you? That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, he walks in a mine. Why is the rum always Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's a trap! Hey guys, welcome to the Celluloid Fiends podcast. I'm your host, Mo Long. You can follow me at Mitchell C. Long on Twitter and Instagram. You can read my writing on film and a lot more at cupofmo.com. And tonight, as always, I'm joined by my super cool co-host. What's up, Celluloid Fiends? It's Gabriel Orto. If you want to go ahead and go to our Facebook page and give us a like, that'd also be great. And while you're at it, if you haven't already done so, we'd really appreciate it if you went over to the iTunes store or your favorite podcast app and subscribed and left us a review. So tonight we are talking about the 1997 comic book film Spawn. It came out in 97 and it's directed by Mark DePay and it's based on the Todd McFarlane comic. It had a budget of $40 million and reaped $87 million at the box office. It currently sits at an 18% critic rating and a 36% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So there's a bit of a discrepancy there, which I want to dig into later. So the plot follows Al Simmons, a black ops soldier working for a covert government agency spearheaded by Jason Wynn. While on assignment to infiltrate a biochemical weapons facility in North Korea, Wynn betrays Simmons, having assassin Jessica Priest kill Simmons. But after he dies, Simmons lands in hell, and he is given the opportunity to become one of the leaders of Hell's army and bring about an Armageddon. And in exchange, he's reunited with his fiancée, Wanda Blake. But a lot's changed. When he returns to Earth as Spawn, Wanda is now married to his best friend, and there's a clown-like demon, Violator, which, who serves as his mentor. So, this was a mo-pick. I wanted to watch Pootie Tang. <laughs> Gabe, I told you, we gotta save the good stuff for later. That's why we're waiting on Pootie Tang. <laughs> uh, but I chose Spawn because I like a lot of comic book movies particularly this comic book renaissance that we've been experiencing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Extended Universe. And I wanted to revisit this movie since I don't think it gets nearly enough credit for the influence that it's had on the genre. And um, I'm going to bring this up. It's a little small um, note that I wanted to say that with the popularity of Black Panther coming out, we also wanted to delve into other black superhero movies that had come out in the past. We were contemplating watching Blade, but I thought um, Spawn would, was a better pick because he is more of a superpower guy, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Blade gets a lot of credit. Spawn is not talked about enough. And I think that we're here to bring try to try to bring back Spawn. 
So, what was the first time you watched this movie? Um, when the movie came out, I was in middle school. I went to the cine, Cinema 8 down the street from where I lived, and I walked right in, and I bought a ticket, and I watched the movie. I'm about to carbon date myself a little bit here. I only got around to seeing this movie maybe two or three years ago, and when it came out, I was seven, so I think my mom thought it was a little young to experience this. I was closer to 11 or 12 years old when this movie came out, and I would already been reading the Spawn comic books, so I was really intrigued to see the Spawn movie. So what was your opinion then, and how has that changed since? I thought it was a pretty good movie. Um, this movie, with the effects, has not aged well. <laughs> the effects are pretty awful, even by 90 standards. Um, I, but sometimes it kind of lends to the... The laughter of the whole situation. Like, it, it can be funny just looking at some of the effects. It's unintentionally funny, but it's still funny. This is so true. One thought that I had the first time I watched it, and definitely when we were watching it last week, was that the CG is just shit. I mean, PlayStation 1 era graphics were better than a lot of the CG that you see in the movie. I thought a lot of the makeup was pretty good. And some of the practical effects The were practical great. effects in this movie are great. And bar none, fantastic. But they tried to ride on their CGI effects a little too much with this movie. Michael Jai White does a great job as Spawn. John Leguizamo... There's a great job as Violator and Clown. And Martin Sheen does a great job as as Wynn. Agreed. I, I thought the acting was really on point. What's weird about the effects, though, is Mark DePay actually had a special effects background. And he had worked on some stuff like Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, and The Abyss. And... Spawn did earn a Saturn nomination for Best Makeup, but the CG is just terrible. And you can't even say they ran out of budget, because that seemed like it probably took a substantial portion of the budget to produce that the animation right. in this film. So, yeah, I, I can't explain that, because even for the time, it was pretty bad. And you, there were movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey, Blade Runner, Alien, that all had far superior effects. Oh, of course. Even Brainstorm, I thought, had better effects. But aside from that, I think it's a pretty solid movie. I think the, I think the plot is a little paint-by-the-numbers, but I don't mm -hmm. think that's necessarily a bad thing, because the character of Spawn is pretty unique. Oh yeah, Spawn is a very unique character. He's almost like an anti-hero. Um, a lot of people would say that he's mo he's like Ghost Rider, but more more evil almost. He's definitely an anti-hero, and that was something I was thinking about as I was kind of jotting some show notes down about the plot, because 
it's really not until the end of the movie that he thinks about kind of betraying uh, Malbogia. It's Mal- Malboja. Yeah. Uh, it's not, but it's not until the end that he even thinks about that, and it's when he's confronted with the fact that his family's going to die in the Armageddon. Because initially he's sent back to bring about the Armageddon, right. and then goes on a revenge side quest to kill those that betrayed him. So he's he's absolutely an antihero, and I, I think that makes him very unique in that regard. Even other antiheroes that you see typically have some sort of change of heart earlier on. Right. Because uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other antiheroes, like oh, Punisher. You're asking me a question, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, like, I can't really think of anybody that had a change of heart earlier. Because here's the thing. You're pretty much rooting for Spawn pretty early, early on in this movie. It's not like you're... V- rooting for him to not kill bad guys but you see him get softer and become more in tune with what has happened as the movie goes along and i thought that that was pretty good character development in that agreed and i liked the way that there was some kind of carryover from his human personality to the hellspawn that he was because even when he was a human, he kind of had to dull his emotions for a lot of the work that he was carrying out with right. the assassinations. And I think his best friend even commented something about that when he picked him up. And and they had the fucking like styrofoam cup that just said Java on the yeah, side. Yeah, it's like Java. <laughs> they, they spent all the money on CG and had no budget to have like a Starbucks logo in there or anything. No nope. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> nope. Or even a 7-Eleven logo. <laughs> Gas station. Cup of coffee. McDonald's. They could, yeah, they, could, they couldn't do it. <laughs> they had to spend it on CGI farts. <laughs> yeah. Now, that, that CG was like, you couldn't even say like, oh, well, it was 97. It was pretty bad. Uh but I do think that's very fascinating, his character progression throughout the film. And it's one of those characters that somehow you root for, even though he's an anti-hero, like from the onset. Do right. you, why do you think that is? I think that you're rooting for more of the, the, the soul of Al Simmons. and Because he, even though he was an assassin, he had someone he loved... He was he was a man, and he um, you're rooting for his salvation basically, because I think that he got the raw end of the deal in this whole thing. He definitely did, and that's a really good point about kind of separating the character of Al Simmons and his soul from Spawn. So, I don't know that this was ever like fully elaborated on directly in the film but do you think as spawn continued his mission on earth he kind of brought back some of al simmons soul um i wouldn't go necessarily like in the comic books it's like he gets deeper into the character into the spawn part 
but he is still Al Simmons in, in a retrospect. And but there's like some weird battles in the comic books. He even fights angels and stuff like that in the comic book. So it's a possibility. But we'll never know what they were really aiming for with the movies because they set it up for a possible sequel that never happened. <laughs> they definitely set it up for a sequel, but it was it was in a way that didn't feel too apparent. Right. There was some line at the end, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like, and the Earth was safe for now. Right. And I, I did appreciate the way that it ended that way because it set up the potential for a sequel. And reportedly, there is a reboot coming out. They've been trying to reboot the Spawn, the Spawn franchise for years now. And they've tried casting different people. They've had different directors. It, this reboot is in pre-production hell. <laughs> is what I like to call it. Like, basically, since before I even moved to North Carolina, which was in 2010, probably since the mid-2000s, They've been trying to reboot the Spawn franchise. I'd be really interested to see this movie in a modernized version. I think that it would at least have the potential to be very successful. Because there's been, like we were discussing this kind of comic book renaissance. So I think there's already a fan base. I think it would just be the execution that would determine how well received it was. I want to dig a little bit more into the comics, because you've read them. Kind of, like, kind of, sort of. So, was, how faithful was the film to the comics? Pretty faithful. Um, I would say about 85% to the comics. And did you watch any of... There was an animated TV show on HBO, I think? Yes. I have seen an episode or two. I have not seen the whole series. If I recall correctly, because I've only seen an episode or two of that as well, I think it was Keith David who voiced Spawn. Am I remembering this correctly? I am not sure. Uh, We're going to look it up. I'm pretty sure it was Keith, Keith David, though. And I really like him. He was in They Live, some other stuff like that. And... It was Keith David. Keith David from They Live. Yeah. Toy Spawn in the animated series. Holy shit. He was also in The Thing. And... He's done a lot of voice work. He was in like The Princess and the Frog. He's had, he's had an interesting career. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Keith David fan, but after we re- after we watched the movie, I really wanted to go back and watch the animated series just because I was curious kind of how it compared. So hopefully that'll happen at some point. With that, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about Spawn. Imagine a substance with the power to destroy humanity. Imagine a creature insane enough to use it. 
Imagine a hero on the verge of creation. From flesh to steel. You must visualize your objective. From blood to blade. Don't get cocky. You have a lot more to learn. From man to spawn. I see you. We have harvested the ultimate weapon. It makes the Ebola virus look like a skin rash. Congrats on precalations. I say destroy the cosmos, ask questions later. Who are you? This is just what they want. You're playing their game. Then now play dirty. This summer, evil has a new enemy, justice has a new weapon, and the world has a new hero. Hey guys, we're back and we are talking about Spawn. So, uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the anti-hero element, more specifically with how this movie is very gritty. So there's like the gothic vibe, which I really like, especially the setting by the church. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't go so far as to call Spawn a horror movie, but I do think it had some kind of horror elements in it. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, it's a pretty violent film. Like, it opens with Simmons like taking out these targets and shows them getting blown up, and then there's like a quick news report talking about how a bunch of civilians were killed in that assassination attempt. And when Simmons is betrayed by Wynn and Priest, he's burned alive. Like, this is, I think this is, Spawn the comic book and the movie is a product of the times. During the 80s and 90s, we were very much into the ultra-violence, big machine guns, big muscle type of movies. And I think Spawn... There was a lot of comic books that did it. Um, but Spawn was one of those comic books that kind of played to that element. Played to the played with the violence. It pushed the boundaries of comic books. It absolutely did. And it pushed the boundaries of comic books as well as comic book movies. Like I think this is a movie that paved the way for one of my favorite comic book movies, which was Blade. Because Blade came out, was that 98? Yeah, I think it came out a year or two later. Yeah. So I, I do think this was part of the reason that was able to thrive. I also think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, because I, th- I think the gritty elements are partially why Spawn wasn't as popular. Right. Because it targeted an older audience with that... And even though a lot of, even kids, like, I had a lot of friends who were playing with Spawn toys. But I think by not having it be a little less violent and therefore target 
younger kids and families, I think it kind of hurt its box office performance a little bit. A little bit, but it didn't stop me, an 11, 12-year-old, from just walking up there and just going to see the movie. The movie was actually only PG-13 when it came out. I am not sure which version we just watched. There is a, a, a rated R version or director's cut version. I'm pretty sure. So we watched the director's cut. And it does have a rating of R. So we watched the R-rated version. I actually don't know that I've seen the PG-13 version. I have, but not in a long time. From my understanding, it was still fairly dark. It was still dark and still fairly violent. But I feel that it was a little more, a little toned down. One kind of point of disappointment for me was after Priest gets killed by Spawn, I was hoping that she would come back as like a supervillain and be another Hellspawn. I think that was kind of a missed opportunity. Especially, like, with the name Priest. I was expecting that to be kind of subverted and her to become one of, like, Satan's army at some point. So, why do you think that didn't happen? I think you would be trying to fit too much into the movie. That's fair. Because a lot does happen in this movie. There's a good flow to it, though. Right. But there, there are some parts that I think don't necessarily flow as well. I think one of them was that fight between Clown and Spawn in the alleyway. But that's when you get to see the Violator. Right. That, that's like his ultimate form. And a lot of fans of Spawn would have been really disappointed if we did not get to see Violator in this movie. And I think that they did a good job with it. I think they did as well. I actually thought the effects there were decent. I just think it was kind of a weird segment, especially with the little kid. I think his name was, like, Zach. Where did his father go? Did his father die? Yeah, that was it. So we were watching this, and... (laughs) So Gabe totally fucking, like, passed out during this movie. I have seen this movie so many times... That I had a long day at work, and I laid down on Mo's couch. I, for like the last like thirty to thirty minutes, I just passed out. <laughs> you actually fell asleep twice because you kind of like fell asleep for a few minutes and then woke up. You were like, "Oh, how much did I miss?" And I kind of told you what occurred while you were zonked out, and then you you just passed the fuck out about five minutes after that. <laughs> and I just, like, I, I kind of heard you, like, snore, and I looked over, and you were just out. But this was part, this was a part you were actually awake for. So, you see Zach's dad, and he's kind of, like, being a dick to the kid, and Spawn's gonna kill him, and the little kid goes, no, that's my dad. So Spawn spares him, and then there's the fight between Violator and Spawn, and somehow the, the dad dies? And I don't remember seeing him actually get killed. But then, like, paramedics show up and they're, like, carrying him off. And he, he's dead. And... Spars is like, sorry about your dad. <laughs> yeah, and the kid's just like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't care. 
And I just thought it was like a weird moment. I wasn't sure if... Like, maybe maybe it's portrayed better in the PG-13 version and the director's cut, like, cut something out? I don't know. But it was certainly one of those moments where I was like, did, did, did I miss something? Did I, like, sit on the remote? I think it's just kind of a continuity issue, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's, like a, that's a pretty minor moment. But it was something I was, like, really confused about. It's just like you see him get carried off, and then you see Spawn like, Sorry about Stan. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and even more strange than just that reaction uh, is the, the kid just not giving a flying fuck and just being like, It's okay, Spawn. I'm like, I'll chill with you and I'll take care of your dog. You're right. Uh, and it's also kind of weird that Spawn cares so much about the dog. Oh, and Spaz. He fucking loves Spaz. Uh, and surprisingly, Spaz makes it through the whole film unscathed. Which is good. I like it when the animal survives. Yeah. The animal is always... <laughs> in a lot of these movies that we watch, the animal always seems to be the easy target. The animal dies, somebody kills the animal. Sometimes it's nice to see the animal make it through the whole film. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I feel like especially in a lot of horror movies, for, for some reason, it's like the cool thing to kill animals. Which I don't know. That doesn't like, in the very first Halloween movie, you just see him kill a dog. Yeah. And I think even in, even in more recent horror movies, like The Conjuring, it's like, at the beginning, like, the dog dies. And in the Evil Dead, in the, in the new Evil Dead, um, from the 2000s, the dog dies. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was actually a really good remake. It was pretty brutal and just. Yeah, Fede Alvarez did a very direction. good job with that movie. I was pleasantly surprised because I love Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and I actually thought the TV show was really good as well, mm-hmm. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, but I, I think aside from that alley fight. I think the pacing is pretty good. Uh, and one th- part that I really enjoyed was the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For a couple reasons. One, I think it fits the tone of the movie a lot. But also, it's almost like a time capsule of like the mid to late 90s with the new metal soundtrack. Well, there's a lot of, like... I know Metallica and Meryl Manson are on the soundtrack... But there's a lot of, like, KMFDM-type metal on there, and new metal, and, like, it's very it's very influenced by the time. Kind of gives you a little throwback there. It definitely gives you a throwback. And, uh, I was, uh, one thing that was almost a little surprising was that all, most of that music was actually in the movie. Because there were so many movies that came out in that era where they'd have the two soundtracks and one was the score and the other was the music from and inspired by where maybe there was one song from the album that was from and inspired by that was in the actual movie and the rest was just kind of cobbled together. I got a CD for free when I was younger. (laughs) It was supposedly... Songs from and influenced by the movie The Scorpion King. 
and there was 25 songs on this album. Two of them were in The Scorpion King. What the actual fuck? I don't even think I've seen that movie, but like 25 songs? That's a little weird. Uh, there was... Uh, yeah, I, I felt like it was just a really good soundtrack. And it's one that I think I might actually buy on CD. It was that good. It had some corn on there. I actually owned the soundtrack on cassette tape. Oh, that's a throwback. I think the first movie soundtrack that I ever owned on cassette was Space Jam. I Mine was the Street Fighter movie. I haven't seen it. Really, with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia? I have not seen it. It's not that great of a movie, but you should watch it. But you know what I did watch? What? The Mortal Kombat movie. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! And we did quite a review of the Mortal Kombat movie. If you want to go download and listen to that, go right ahead and listen to us talk about the Lin Kuei and Mortal Kombat for two hours. (laughs) I don't think it was quite two hours. It wasn't two hours, but... (laughs) But you should check that one out from the Celluloid Fiends back catalog. Yes, you should. So, I mentioned earlier that there were, of course, talks about a sequel, and there were talks about a reboot. So let's do a little bit of fantasy casting. Who do you think would play a good spawn? Ooh, that's that's a tough question. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. Idris Elba. That is a great choice. I could absolutely see him as a good spawn. Because he tends to play kind of anti-heroes and conflicted characters well. Like, I think Luther is a great example of that. And I also... I'm thinking of the gunslinger from the Dark Tower, which the movie itself was a pretty poor adaptation, but it just did a great job in that. I think that's a very good. I think that's a very good choice. I I my first instinct was Wesley Snipes, but I think I'm kind of going off of Blade a little bit because he had that starring role in mm-hmm. a film where Blade is a little bit of an anti. Yeah. And that's also a gritty film, so I think it has similarities in kind of the style of the film as well as the protagonists. But that's kind of the obvious answer. So I'm going to also throw out Lawrence Fishburne. I think he would have done a good job because he can play kind of that badass character very well. And specifically, I'm thinking of his performance in a very different movie, but Event Horizon as the captain and also Lawrence Fishburne's one of those actors that doesn't seem to take himself like too seriously and I think to play a character like Spawn you gotta be an actor like that yeah you can't try to be a character actor what about Win? who do you think would be a good Win? hmm Benedict Cumberbatch. Hmm. Okay. Cumberbatch! 
That is a very fascinating choice. Okay, why why Benedict? He has such a wide range. And I think he could bring a larger spectrum to that character. I think it's a I think it's a surprising answer, but I, I see that working. I could see that working really well. You know who I think would have been a good priest? Who? Catherine O'Hara. I could agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she would have kind of put a nice flair to priests. Who's uh, actually a character I wish were in the film more. Because it almost seemed like she was going to be more prominent. And I would have liked to know her backstory. And also, I think she would have made a great, like, Hellspawn. Um, do you have anyone for clown? This is a tough one. This is really tough because John Leguizamo did such a good job with this character. And I have to think of someone to take his place. Hmm. I can tell you who I think would be a good one. Who? Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Because he's one of those actors that just has a very wide range. And... I, I think he could have played this character well. He tends to be very quirky characters. And I think he would have been a good clown. I just still can't... Other than him, I can't really think of anybody to take John Leguizamo's place. If I was to reshoot this movie tomorrow, I would call John Leguizamo. And... If this movie were remade... Do you think it would be more successful? And if so, do you think there would be any changes implemented to make it more successful? I think they may... I think that it would become more successful because we're starting to see the age of comic book movies where people are starting to grow up and we're making more rated R comic book movies. Deadpool and Logan specifically. Right. But I think that... For Spawn to become successful, as successful, we need to be a little bit more lighthearted with the comedy. Agreed. I I think that's a great point. And uh, particularly what you said about the rated R comic book movies. This one was not rated R, but it was still darker Suicide Squad. That one I didn't think was a very good movie, but that was mostly because it felt like you were just watching... An hour and a half, two hour long movie trailer. Right. I didn't feel like watching an actual film. I do think the there would have to be kind of more humor in this for it to be popular. Either that or just have no humor. Right. Because it's the either got to go one out, way or the other. Yeah. Like Deadpool just lays on the humor. Lots of violence as well, but complete humor. And then Logan, on the other hand, has no humor. At all. And I think that's... I think that's a difference from a lot of, like, the PG-13 comic book movies that you see. Like, those can get along fine in um, in a middle area. Because you'll have your stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy. You'll also have your stuff like The Avengers. The Avengers is a good example where it does have some humor in there. And some one-liners, but it's not a complete comedy like 
Guardians or Deadpool. But man, Logan, that was one of those movies that I will fully admit, I, I got pretty misty-eyed during that. Well, that movie was something else. I'm surprised, pleasantly, that that movie was made and released as it was, and that it was so well-received. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, I'm, I think, there were a few things that surprised me. One was Professor X getting killed. Wolverine, I figured, was going to die. That I kind of knew just from watching the trailer and the tone of the trailer. I was like, Logan's dead. But the part that really shocked me was when they get to that farmhouse and there's the family there. And I was thinking, all right, there's this kid. He's going to end up being one of the little mutants. And the family just gets fucking brutally murdered. And at that point, I was like, all right, this movie is not fucking around. No, it is not. What, what was your reaction to that moment? I actually loved it. I actually loved that movie a lot. And um, there's a little Easter egg in in the previous Wolverine movie, just called the Wolverine. <laughs> um, there's a character that can tell the future, and she tells Logan. That he's going to die holding his heart in his hand. At the end of Logan, he dies holding that little girl's hand. Oh, shit. I need to rewatch The Wolverine. It's not a good movie. It's at not. all. <laughs> it is not. Weirdly, because Wolverine is one of my favorite of the X-Men characters. And I think he has a really cool backstory. I like his personality. But a lot of those... There were, I think, like a couple of Wolverine spinoffs. Like The Wolverine and... Then was there, there was like, Wolverine Origins yeah. and The Wolverine. <laughs> no! Wolverine Origins was not spectacular. No. Well, like, I've heard a comparison to this. What I think Wolverine Origins is like is like... X-Men is like a cake, and, and Wolverine's the icing. You put the icing on the cake, it tastes delicious. But if you just have Wolverine or, Origins, you're just going to be eating a tub full of icing, and that doesn't taste that good. That's, that's a good comparison. But then, Logan worked out very well. Yes, because I think that they brought the character to a different level. Agreed. Uh, and I think the more mature tone of that film helped it to kind of differentiate itself. And I think it also worked with that character because he does have a very troubled backstory. Right. And his abrasive personality is largely influenced by a lot of the trauma that he'd experienced earlier in life. So are there any comic book characters that haven't been adapted in a film or it's been a while since they were in a film that you'd like to see in kind of a more, more mature film. I'm trying to think. Carnage. Okay. Um, 
There's, there's a, I know there's a few out there. Has Carnage ever been in a film or a TV show before? He's he was in Spider-Man the animated series. Oh, uh, I don't remember that one too well. I don't remember that too well at all. I I'd like to see. I know there was the Netflix series, but I'd like to see another Daredevil movie because the first one. It was it was epically bad. That was oh god, that was Ben Affleck, wasn't that? Yes, that was Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh, did they not learn from Pearl Harbor that Ben Affleck cannot fucking act? And another one that I'd like to see is Punisher. I know there was again. I know there was the Netflix series, but and, and, and the two, two movies, movies. But the two movies were actually there's bad. T- there's more than two movies because there was also movies before that starring Dolph Lundgren. Oh shit. But the movies were pretty bad. I'd like to see a good film. Like, self-contained, hour-and-a-half, two-hour film with The Punisher. And I also would like to see Catwoman in a film. I think Selena Kyle's a really neat character. We tried this already. It didn't work. No, it did not. Yeah. I think that it, it could see a, a new iteration that might work pretty well. I would like to see a Nightwing movie. Uh, Fin Fang Foom? I think that would work well. I think that would be a good one. I'd watch it. (laughs) So with that, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to keep talking about Spawn. Simmons. He's doing a great job where he is. Why do you want him? Why do you people always question why? Ask why? When how is so much more fun. <laughs> I've been looking everywhere for you. Bad crispy. Bad crispy. Cloud not like. <laughs> Sorry for the turbulence, folks. He's harmless. He's safe as milk. Just a freak accident with some jiffy pop. All right, that's it. Just get your stuff. Get out of here. Take him with you. Oh, what an adorable little girl. Oh, look at her. Can I keep her? Hey. Oh, of course not. No pets allowed. Dumb noses in this lousy party hat. I don't mind being short, fat, and ugly, but the pay sucks. <laughs> what? Hey, easy with that face on me. Oops. Oh, what? What? I hope I didn't stain my underwear. Ah, look at that. Skid marks. Get away from me, you freak. And the winners are Wanda and Terry. Multiplying like rabbits. And jumping, and pumping, and doing, and... You stay away from her. I don't want Wanda. I want you to take care of Wynn. And then you and the army can kick some angelic buttocks. <laughs> and in return for your services, we'll get Wanda back for you. Heck, you can have everyone on the planet why settle for leftovers, huh? <laughs> I like this thing. Now you kill me. You do me This is awesome, sadistic game of wins. <laughs> and when I catch him, he's gonna wish he had killed me when he had the chance. That's it? That's the spirit? Just think of me as your guardian angel. The clown from hell. You're Jimmy Stewart, and I'm Clarence. 
Oh, well, uh, uh, every time uh, somebody farts, uh, a demon gets his wings. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Twins. <laughs> get away from me, you foul-smelling maggot. Oh, you still don't get it, do you, Amnesia boy? We're gonna have to dig a little deeper. I want to know why you picked me to lead your war. Peekaboo, I see you. You know how hard this place is to find in the dark? It's times like these I appreciate being a midget. Ah, hello, Cyan. Remember me? You were at my birthday party. No, duh. What are you, a regular Einstein? You should have killed Jason when you had the chance. Never. Never? What do you mean, never? Never? Do you know how hard I've been working on this? You set me up, you malignant sow. What, do you think you got the pacemaker for, jerky, huh? Your perfect attendance record, your smooth-sucking dipstick. I was counting on Spawn killing you, then you would get his soul and kickstart the apocalypse now. Can't trust anybody. I say destroy the cosmos, ask questions later. Hey guys, we're back and we are talking about the 1997 film Spawn. We've brought up a number of comic book movies. What are your top five favorite comic book movies? Oh man... Um, I can't really give an order, but, um, Watchmen. That's a good choice. I would have to say Captain America Winter Soldier, Sin City. Another good one. Um, these are tough, tough one. Those are actually three really good ones. Yeah, those are three really good ones. Um, I'm trying to think. Captain America, the first Avenger. And I would have to say Deadpool. That was a very solid list. And actually all of those were some of my favorites as well. My top five, though, no particular order, but Captain America and the First Avenger, Blade 2, Black Panther, Mask of the Phantasm, and Snowpiercer. Does that count because that's an animated movie? The animated ones count. I never said live action. If, I, if, 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 if animated <laughs> ones count, then Flashpoint. Okay. Yeah, no, animated definitely count. I mean, I guess we could, we could have probably done, like, two lists. Like, animated and live action. Because there's just so many. But a few others that I loved. I loved Winter Soldier. I was glad you had that and First Avenger on your list. 
Winter Soldier, I think, was recognized for its brilliance. Because it was pretty much... It was a comic book movie, but it was basically a political thriller. I don't understand why First Avenger gets so overlooked, though. I think it's probably the most underappreciated movie in the MCU. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the more underappreciated comic book movies. So I think just like Spawn, it doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Because it was a period piece. It was. And... I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and like the the deco styling. So that that's that's one of my faves, and I'm glad I made your lists. I also liked Men in Black. I think people kind of forget it was based on a comic book. Can, can I add one more? Oh, go for it. Kingsman: The Secret Service. Yes, I was about to say that was another one of my favorites because it was very unique. I can't think of another one like it. And I didn't realize going in that it was based on a comic book. And I, after watching it, I came away thinking, wow, that felt like a graphic novel. And then I ended up looking it up later on and, and realized that it what was What happened with Kingsman The Secret Service is they tried pitching it as a movie and no one would pick it up. And then they made the graphic novel. And then, then it got picked up after the graphic novel came out. That is strange. I'm curious why it wasn't picked up as a movie before. Because it seems like it would have worked even had there not been the graphic novel inspiration. I think it, it totally would have worked just as a screenplay alone. Uh, and I, you know what? I got a soft spot in my heart for pretty much anything Ninja Turtles. So I'm going to oh, say yeah. Secret of the Ooze, oh, yeah. the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. I actually liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. The original, the first one. Yeah, and I thought the second one was okay. The third one, we shall not speak of. Yeah, seriously. I don't know how the third one got made and why it was as bad as it was. I mean, I, I know why it was as bad as it came out to be, but considering how good the first one was and the, the second one wasn't that bad, I don't know why the third one was just a clusterfuck. It was impressively bad. It was. But I think, like, I, like Spawn, and I'll say Blade as well, I think Blade does get more credit. I, I do think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the first one, I think those are three films that were very influential in paving the way for these comic book films that we have now. I agree. What other early comic book movies do you see as influential in setting up the comic book movie craze that we have. I think that the first Iron Man movie, I know it was supposed it was supposed to set up this whole universe, but I think if it, if that movie was not a success and as as good as it was, we wouldn't be talking about all these comic book movies today. Agreed. And it's it's kind of neat to go back and revisit that because there've been a few times where I've rewatched different phases of the MCU specifically. But you just pick up a lot of Easter eggs that were peppered in, which is kind of neat. Because there totally was a vision. But, I mean, it, you, like you said, if Iron Man had failed in the box office, probably wouldn't have continued. Um, okay. I got a question. We're talking a lot about the MCU. I want you to name the best DC movie you've seen and the worst. Ooh. Okay. So, this is 
From the DC Extended Universe or just DC in general? DC in general. Okay, so I'm going to say the best was either Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. Or I actually love the 1960s Batman movie. I thought that was phenomenal. It was just super goofy. Super the is ba- the movie super like campy. The, the pow, biff, bam. And there's that scene. I think it's one of the best scenes in any movie, comic book, film, or otherwise, where Batman's running around with this giant bomb, and it's like a caricature of a bomb. And he runs into the most cliche groups ever, but it's intended to be tropes. Like, a woman pushing a baby carriage, a group of nuns, and he just says, exasperatedly, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And it's just one of those, like, magical moments. It's like, typically that's not an easy thing to dispose of. Uh, And they have, like, the shark repellent. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Worst? Hmm... Well, I'll also say another one that I thought was really good, besides Batman. I thought Wonder Woman was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it was perfect, but I thought it was very well done, and uh, I think it was the best of the DC Extended Universe movies that have come out. I think the worst was probably uh, Suicide Squad. I'm going to have to... I have a few for first. I thought that... The Christopher Nolan Batmans were some of the best adaptations of Batman that we've seen. Now, the worst DC comic book movie is actually, it breaks my heart because the comic books are so near and dear to me. And I was super excited for the movie. The Green Lantern. I never saw that, but it did not look promising. It was not at all. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so I actually forgot about one, though. Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one... This might be a future review. It is very nuanced. It presents Bruce Wayne's backstory. And... It, it, it had a kind of big twist at the at the end. The first time I saw it, like, I did not know what was going to happen at the end. I, that was one that I really liked a lot, and I regularly rewatch. Uh, in fact, the entire Batman the Animated Series TV show and most of its spinoff movies, I, I think, are phenomenal. And, like, if you grew up watching that, like, I grew up watching that. Did, oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you did as well. And I think people who grew up watching it understand, but it was it was packed with lore. It had a lot of those side characters, and not just the Joker, but like Clayface. Yeah. Um, Clayface, Man Bat. Man Bat. <laughs> Poison Ivy, um, Mr. Freeze, the Penguin. Yeah. Everybody was in that. And that was a, that was a very well done series, and it was pretty faithful to a lot of the comics. I, that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. I, I loved that. Uh, another one that I thought was kind of mixed was The Killing Joke. I don't know if you saw the movie. Yeah, I saw the movie, and I've read the book. 
Um, it was pretty brutal. It, it is, in, it is in fact, but I think that the movie doesn't hold a candle to the book. I haven't read the graphic novel. I'd like to, though. After watching the movie, I really wanted to read the graphic novel, because I went to see it with a few friends, and most of the friends that I watched it with had read the source material, and they were kind of mentioning a few of the differences, so it made me pretty curious. Uh... I really liked The Long Halloween, though, like the graphic novel. And there's one that, a Batman that just came out that I haven't seen yet, but it was Gotham by Gaslight. And I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. It seemed to have kind of a retro futurist vibe to it, so I kind of wanted to watch that one. Hmm. So, why don't we rate this? All right. Um, Spawn, the 1997 comic book movie inspired by the by the stories of the great Todd McFarlane. Um, I give this movie a, a three. Why a three? It's a really middle-of-the-road movie for me. I thought that the acting was really good. I think there are certain aspects that could have been improved. Um, it's kind of like giving a, giving a kid a, a C or a B-. minus. You know, it was a great it was a great attempt at a Spawn movie. Absolutely, but it didn't quite make the A plus rating. I I'd agree with that assessment, and I was gonna get three as well. I think there's a lot that this movie does well. I thought the makeup was fantastic. I liked the vision for it. I thought the acting was strong across the board. Like, there's no one in this movie that I think underperforms. No, everybody pulled... All the actors pulled their weight in this movie. Definitely. Uh, and it was very well stylized. I thought the practical effects were good. The CG is pretty bad. I, I thought, for the most part, the pacing's good. It, it's a little paint by the numbers, but I don't think it the plot needs to be anything other than what it is. Right. It's mainly there as, like, a foundation for the added garnishes. I, I think Spawn works superbly as an anti-hero that you were for from the beginning, and he actually does have a substantial evolution throughout the film, but it's it's... And I think it's a very important film. So I think that also boosted my rating a little bit. Uh, I, I like the gritty atmosphere. It's one that I'll totally like rewatch. But I've owned this like movie on every media form except for Laserdisc. Gotta get on that, bro. I know. Slacking. <laughs> uh, do you have the Betamax? There was. It didn't come out on Betamax. <laughs> I had it on V. I've had it on VHS. I've had it on DVD, and I've had it on Blu-ray. Put me to shame. I only have the DVD, and I do have it on my Plex server as well. But yeah, no, it's it's a solid film. It's not perfect. It's kind of like the titular character of Spawn. It's pretty it's pretty well rounded, but it also has its flaws. Yes. So that's our episode for tonight. Thanks for listening. Head over to the iTunes store. Leave us a rating. Give us a review, and don't forget to go to our Facebook page and give us a like. You can also follow us at Celluloid Fiends on Twitter. 
hit us up. Let us know what you'd like us to review. Stop it now. Turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Stop it.